You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, welcome back, church family and podcast friends. We are talking about community because that's what I preached on Sunday. So that's where my head is this week. I'm trying to encourage the church family to engage Christian community. You know, it's easy to take church family for granted, especially for those of us who have had it for a long time. It's easy for us to think about church as the place we go or the people we sit beside. It's easy to think about church family as something that we can take or leave at our pleasure. But the Bible doesn't describe it that way. For Jesus, this is a big deal. That we would belong to each other, bear with each other, suffer with each other, support each other, love each other, bless each other. That we would bear one another's burdens. That we would care for each other and minister with each other was a big deal to Jesus. So in my Sunday school class, we're just starting a new unit. We're two weeks in to a six-week unit. If you don't have a Sunday school class, by the way, we'd love to have you at 920 on Sunday morning this week. We're in the choir room. But we just started a new unit talking about being connected to Christ Jesus. And we're going to be in in John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16. Well, I want to skip forward to John 17 since my Sunday school class has me thinking about this. And I want to talk about community from a prayer that Jesus prayed. Well, in John's gospel, this is basically the last prayer of Jesus. It's set up as if this would be the prayer that he might have prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Some people think it was, some people think it wasn't. But it certainly would have been the same context. Very end. Jesus is about to be arrested. He's about to leave his disciples. In chapter 14 and 15 and 16, he's taught them to abide in him. What it would be like for them to stay connected to him. If you will, what would it be like for them to have community with him? That the Holy Spirit will come and minister to them even after he is gone. So I want you to feel this. Literally, the body of Jesus was about to be taken from the earth. His body would be broken, his body would be raised, and 40 days later, according to the book of Acts, his body would ascend to heaven. So they literally are about to be separated from the body of Jesus. Think about yesterday's podcast that Brick shared with us. Paul is going to call the church the body of Christ, the hands and feet, like the physical presence, since he rules at the right hand of God and has sent his Holy Spirit to lead us and minister through us, we really become the incarnational presence of Jesus on the earth, serving at his pleasure, in his name, for his will. That's powerful when you think about it. So let's take a look at the prayer that he prayed for us. Well, because of the time restraints of the podcast, I will not read the whole prayer. All of John chapter 17 is a long prayer. It's nicknamed the High Priestly Prayer of Jesus, 26 verses. But I want to show you that there is a consistent theme. He prays for protection for the church. He prays that God would let him glorify the Father and that the disciples could glorify him. But there is a consistent appeal to unity. And I want you to see some of that. Okay. For example, uh, in verse 11. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me. Now listen, so that they may be one as we are one. Okay, so the point of protection, the point of the ministry of the Spirit in this prayer is that the disciples could be unified. 
that they could be one, so that they could have close Christian community, knowing that this was going to be important. You can read John chapter 17 and extract all kinds of fantastic principles about unity, but I just want to show you a few verses that repeat exactly what Jesus just said. And the repetition creates emphasis. Look at verse 21. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So again, he's praying that, you know, that God would minister to his church, to folks like you and me now. He even says it in verse 20, you know, for all those who will believe in me through their message. And why? So that we can be one with Jesus, one with the Father, one with the Spirit. Just as Jesus and the, and the Father are unified as members of the Trinity, just as they have intimate, close community, inseparable, in fact, that the church might be unified. It says so that they may be in us. But there's a purpose statement here, and I love it. I want you to think about this. It says, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Pause for a moment, would you? Think about verse 21. Have you ever thought about how evangelism, the world coming to know Jesus, depends on Christian community? That if there's no unity in the church, if we're bickering, fighting, backbiting, if we don't love each other, sacrifice for each other, serve each other, stand beside each other, forgive each other, bless each other, that if there's no unity, no closeness, no connection, no intimacy, if we claim to love God but don't love our neighbor, if Christian community is fractured, it handicaps evangelism. Jesus is praying, the day he's arrested, Jesus is praying that God will grant unity among the disciples so that the world can believe that he came from the Father, that Jesus is the way to salvation. How about that? And I think it's still true today that our unity can help or inhibit evangelism, that people from the outside world are watching. And you know it's true, right? How many people won't go to church because they were harmed in church or they've watched churches fight and bicker and backbite over preferences? It turns out that our lack of focus on Christian community, on real sacrificial unity that hurts sometimes, that costs a little bit of something, that requires us to go the extra mile, that real emphasis on legitimate Christian community has harmed the church and the glory of Jesus. Okay, in verse 22. He said, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. I think it's pretty clear as Jesus repeats this over and over and over that he wants his church to be unified. And so let's think about what that would mean just from the Gospel of John, just from this prayer and the context. Well, it means that even as Jesus is being taken up to heaven, even as the, the body, the physical body of Jesus is going to sit at the right hand of the Father to rule his church, as he sends his Holy Spirit, he desires that Christians, that believers would have unity with each other so that we can do evangelism well, so that we can enjoy and glorify God, and that our unity would be a reflection of the unity that Jesus has with the Father. And listen to this, that our unity with each other would be a reflection of the unity that we have with Jesus. So it turns out that, in my opinion, Christian community seems to be built on the relationship between the Father and the Son, the unity of the Trinity, 
the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who love one another and minister. If you want to know what unity looks like, look at God himself. But second, Christian community depends on our connection to Jesus. We can't love our neighbor in Christ if we're not in Christ. How connected are you to Christ? Are you abiding in the vine? Because you're not going to be able to put up with us. Like, seriously, we're going to test your patience, try your nerves. You're not going to be able to forgive and bear with and go the extra mile, serve and sacrifice for all the rest of us if your relationship with Jesus is not strong. So Christian community begins with God. Christian community depends on our connection to God through Jesus. Christian community depends on the Holy Spirit ministering to us. And Christian community really depends on you and I committing to each other the way that Jesus has asked us to. The Sunday school lesson that I taught in John chapter 13, it's a few chapters before this prayer, but it sets all of this up. It showed Jesus on his knees, washing the disciples' feet, loving them. And he told them, as I have loved you and as I've served you, I want you to do this for each other. I'm your teacher. You follow me. Well, it looks to me like that's what he wants that you and I are supposed to be willing to take off our robe, put on a towel, and serve each other, to love each other, to sacrifice for each other. And it turns out that there are eternal stakes behind Christian community. It's not just casseroles. So, church family, I want to ask you to go the extra mile. Open your home, open your heart. Like, let's begin to be more intentional about connecting with each other, slowing down for each other, about sharing time at the table in our home, about partnering when somebody has a need. Let's go the extra mile to create Christian community. And listen, don't wait for somebody else to do this. Like This is something that can be beautiful at the grassroots level. You just look down the church pew and find somebody that you want to connect with. Ask God for grace and start to try to connect. Ask God to bring people into your path. And as often as he does, you go the extra mile. Love them well. Pray for them well. Connect with them well. Invite them into your home. Maybe you're filled with Christian community. You've got all you can handle. Well, praise God for that. Take them seriously. Engage them well. Like, let's let every Sunday school class from every age group engage Jesus, engage each other for Christian community. Can you imagine how much that will do for our church family and even more? how much that will do for the glory of God in the Pine Belt. Hey, I love you. I'll be honest with you. I am so thankful to be Christian community with you. I'm glad that you're my brothers and sisters, that you are my church family. Let's learn to do this together. I read from John 17 today. If you were blessed by what I read, maybe you should think about reading the whole chapter and listening to what the Holy Spirit might say to you through it when you take your time just along with Him. I love you. Thanks. God bless you. Can't wait to see you on Sunday.